Welcome back, everyone, to another Halloween-themed uh, episode of Anime Was Not a Mistake, obviously. Boovember! Yeah, Boovember, whatever I it is. That's what we decided upon last episode. Uh, as always, I'm one of your hosts, Dan Ryan, joined as always by the Madam Mim to my Merlin. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm Jonathan Goykowski, and all I have to say is, Mama had a chicken, Mama had a cow, Dad was proud, he didn't care how! Of course, of course. Yeah, that was pervading my mind for some reason this week. I just had to speak it out into the universe. Sure. Well, yeah. you know, I'd be cow and you'd be chicken. So yes, there, yeah, no doubt there. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Who would be the uh, Who would be the devil? I don't Grant. Mm, I don't know. Maybe uh, yeah, Macabre. Yeah, Gabe. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but, uh, as promised, we are returning to anime today with the two of the four uh, OVAs that were made for the Darkstalkers Dark series. I'm wow. going to probably keep yeah. mispronouncing that as we go. Darkstalkers. Darkstalkers. Um, but we are going to be watching all four of them, but today we're just doing it uh, in two episode batches. Uh, but this is in keeping with our spooky theme yes, yes. that we've Which extended into the month. continuing so. until our Christmas special, if not... Slightly before then. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we do have a lot of this to discuss before that, uh, because the strike finally ended in Hollywood. At last, at last, Lord Almighty, free at last. And, you know, I love how these companies, these big mega million companies were like, well, we're going to give you a deal, but this is the last one, until the actors said no, and they're like, well, here's one yeah. <laughs> that'll solve you for three years' time. It's so yeah. stupid. Just pay people, you idiots. Like, what is the issue here? And don't steal someone's AI copy, because that's a very Jonathan move. <laughs> I cannot think of any, like, worse fate for art than to imagine that those AI duplicates are going to yeah. become a thing. I mean, as much as I would love, like, a Cloud Atlas all-starring me. <laughs> yes, yeah, for for artistic yeah. purposes. If I got paid $20, I'd be quite upset with that. <laughs> but, you know, we would sell the movie based on the fact that yes, that's what we yeah, were doing. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan posthumously published this film. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he wouldn't have had it any other way, but... You know, it's it's just, it's for the best, because we yes. want to make sure that actors and writers and stuff can actually do their craft mm -hmm. without having to worry about things like that. Yeah. And maybe someday Star Wars can also stop doing things like that, but mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah. We do have a big movie um, kind of tirade to go on. Yeah, I put it in bold letters, big movie yeah. recap. We got, a, we got a lot to cover, but before then, you know, I have other news as well. So do I, all yeah. Alright, so I guess we can alternate between our... Adjacent news items. Yeah, by all and means. I'll start. The first thing, Dan, as always, I have an important question to ask you. Mm -hmm. There was a new Splatfest. Oh, boy. You know, I, I'll never stop asking you these questions. Um, this one is very interesting and divisive. I feel like the people at the Splatfest, uh, CEO or wherever they're planning these things, need to think out their questions a bit more. Mm -hmm. But this, this weekly Splatfest is, what's your go-to greeting, Dan? Handshake, fist bump, or hug? <laughs> None? I, I mean, speak on your truth, it's fine. We'll debate later. Sincerely, yeah. none? Mm -hmm. Um... <laughs> I guess I'll say fist bump, because mm -hmm. I guess I Why, use that... Why, Dan? Why, yeah? Well, it's not too formal. Uh, you're not, like, throwing yourself for random hugs. It's a closed fist opposed to an open palm, eh? And a handshake is, is, is formal, so... I don't know, it feels like a fist bump is the only neutral one that's in that list, uh, I would I would think. Uh, but... You and Grant Farouk agree. Mm -hmm. Grant Farouk was team adjacent hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, we all agreed on one of these. And it's surprising which one we might have agreed on. 
Um, myself and Matt Cabrera are starved for touch. Okay. So we decide hug is the best option. Okay. (laughs) You know, I once cried when someone shook my hand or held my hand. I'm just so starved to be touched by another human being. And Grant was like, yeah, I guess I could see that. I guess we're all team hug. Okay, so this is when you're approaching... Like a friend. This is not. No, it's just strangers on the street. See, I don't. I don't. I'd love to hug people. I would be Free rather hugs. scared if that happened. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like this setup. Well, there should I, have been a verbal greeting in there somewhere. I, I but... just wanted you to know that you and Grant Faroque are more alike than you might think. Mm-hmm. Me and Macabre went instantly to hug. Okay, so. that, that's good to know. And but... Grant was uh, wooed over. He's like, fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be a hug suite because big man is. is... <laughs> <laughs> the team captain well for if that. he's behind it then i'll yeah. get behind yeah. it but yeah. wouldn't you want a hug from big man yeah sure yeah, yeah. well good to know dan mm-hmm. and you um well most of my news is going to be coming from the fact that there was some kind of i forget what it's called it's like the netflix nerd fest yeah 20, there was a final trailer of scott pilgrim that looked pretty cool i'm excited for that this week we will be watching i'll be taking care of that well yeah there's there's assorted things to check out for like that scott the scott pilgrim trailer yes, yes. they teased a terminator anime series mm-hmm. which could be interesting mm-hmm, because the terminator mm-hmm. franchise has been in many a downward spiral over the years and sort of sometimes bouncing back but then immediately faltering again um so we'll see what happens. I think there was also a behind-the-scenes featurette for uh, the Devil May Cry anime yeah, that's yeah, coming out. Yeah. There was behind-the-scenes featurettes released for, like, One Piece, like, um, blooper reels and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. other production footage, like how they made the Denden Mushi puppets and everything like that. Um, but I suppose most notably for our purposes are, you know, two things— the, the main thing for my purposes is we got a trailer for the live-action Yu Yu Hakusho yeah, series. Which, mm, I'm I'm concerned about, but... Understandably. Yeah. It's always, uh, you know, kind of the default instinct to be worried about those kinds of things, because One Piece has been the exception to that rule so far. Where's my live-action Hikaru no Go? <laughs> you never know. Did no one want that? Jonathan, if comic book movies are slowly yeah. dying, then that's what they're going to milk next is anime. Great, so. I love that. Or video games, Ooh. but those seem to take like eight years to make, so mm-hmm. mostly anime. Oh, we've got yeah. a video game news coming up, too. We do. A certain movie adaptation. Um, but Yu Yu Hakusho, the, the series based on the characters that, that appeared in the trailer, who are all visually represented as, you know, they should be. Uh, seems to go up to the arc where they go to rescue Hiei's sister from the man who's, like, trafficking demons and selling them off to his rich friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of go to that mansion to confront them, and that's where they first meet the Tagoro brothers yeah. for the first time. Me perched on your back. Yes. Yeah. Rendered perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly I, I, I was, as I would do. Um... But everyone seems to be there. Yeah, it's going to be fun because people love the One Piece thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be fine, but... It just doesn't hit the same, and I did propose to you we do a live-action season, which I yeah. have something to offer for that table. Of course, no, I... Whatever live-action you bring. For Yu Yu Hakusho, I think that okay. would definitely be uh, perfect. All right. Because we got to do that anime, the whole anime, eventually, too. Um, but that would be a good chance to discuss it more, at least. Mm. Um, but then we also got the trailer for the Netflix live-action of Avatar, The yeah. Last Airbender. Looked great. It does. I was excited, yeah. After that awful movie. I was I was thinking about that on the way over here. 
And I don't know if it's part of my mental decline. Uh, you don't that, remember sitting next to me in the theater watching that? No, no, I do. Oh, okay. I do. Okay. Um, but when I think back on that movie itself... A I've lot only of, seen it that one time. I've seen it maybe a, a second time after. Right. It was on TV or something. Okay, okay. Um, but it started to bleed together with memories of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Wow, because interesting. It, that I've seen hundreds of times. No, of course. Yeah. And it, but it feels like the dialogue in those two movies are very similar to each other. Like I don't know why, but there's we'll have to research the cast and crew. Maybe there's a you know like a there's there's them. that part where uh, you know Max or whatever the fuck his name is is like get him out of here. Send him to the principal's office. He's like Lava Girl. You're not lava. You're the sun. It oh. feels like there's an identical scene in that last airbender. There you, might not be. Movie. You must bring that to Sinister Six. Yeah. That's your responsibility. That's your duty. Gladly. Yeah. Gladly. Um, well, now that I have permission, by yeah. all means, uh, <laughs> that, it's going that's, in. That's a superhero film that I'll gladly watch again. We're definitely doing that. But the okay. Um, but yeah, no. It, it's at the very least, this new one seems to be faithful to it. Um, I don't remember if there, because it's been so long, mm. if there's been any drama with the creators, if they stepped back from it or something. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Um, but at the very least, it's visually all there. Mm -hmm. The fight scenes seem to be represented better than the famous little pebble toss that I, happened in the... Uh, I think that the, the creators wanted this to happen for a long time. Yeah. And it wasn't going to happen, and they were going to do something else. Yeah. And they also have that new animation studio that they're starting, so I think this is just a, a toe in the water. Yeah, we did get all those projects announced yeah. before the strike happened like there was supposed to be another anime season and then there's supposed to be like a an ang movie mm -hmm. um but hopefully those projects are still happening because yeah. you know People i, I love this want series our yeah. discord was jubilating yes yeah um but uh your next news item um uh, mario wonder world 4 mm -hmm. that's where i'm at i loved it i love this desert dessert world Sunbaked desert, yeah. yeah. It was fun. It was quirky. I'm still going a world per weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, that's my mission. That's my goal. Uh, Wonder is constantly charming me. Yeah. With its new level design. And I'm like, oh, I got to go back and get a purple coin. That was a little bit challenging to get. Mm -hmm. But I managed to get it anyway. So. No, that's the fun of it. Like, yeah. that's the, you but know. where is Rosalina? <laughs> that maybe, would make the someday. game perfect. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We, don't, we don't have one of those things like in Sonic where there's a space left on the user interface to, yeah. to add Rosalina. Well, we got the final be. Mario Kart DLC this week, too. With we did. Uh, Pauline that says, jump up in the sky whenever she goes up in the sky. <laughs> and I said, now that's game design right there. Yeah, and the fashionable pantsuit. Yeah. And I think F Funky Kong was in there, too. Fun Funky Kong. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, you know, that that amazing lifespan on that game. Oh, yeah. that That's one of our... That's just like the Smash Bros. alternative. It is. It's like, I'm tired of Smash. <laughs> Can we put on Mario Kart 8? Across the sure, board, again, even people yeah. who don't enjoy Smash turn to that game as the great party well, alternative. Well, now you know so. we're going to do, like, the, the Nintendo Switch Online Mario Party 2 or 3. No, definitely. To truly hate ourselves. Yeah, because yeah. those those are on there now. So yeah, those... when I have someone over this house other than you. Well, we gotta have <laughs> yeah. a lot. Well, well, I can't help that, but, yeah. uh, you know. Um... But no, I've been doing the same and playing Mario Wonder, but more importantly, I did finish Spider-Man. And you told me last week. Yeah, well, I was close to it at that oh, okay. point. Now I'm, like, officially... Oh, now you're done. ...done with it. You've closed the tome. Um, excellent game. I There's definitely room for DLC if they so choose. Yes, yes. People were angry because... P 
Peter's story arc, like, has him hand over the reins to Miles. Why Why are they angry, Dan? That but, only like, makes sense. But, like, yeah, it does, <laughs> especially after playing the game. We can't have an old Spider-Man, even though I think that's a new comic coming out, is old Spider-Man? Yeah, that's the new Ultimate Spider-Man. Wow. How did I know that? Thanks, Twitter. Thanks, X. No, but that's <laughs> been all over X, yeah. That he's, yeah. he's like a dad now, he's married to Mary Jane, and it's like, mm. what would happen if daddy he got man. his... Daddy man, daddy man. Exactly, the daddy's <laughs> boy, but if he if he got his powers as an older person, like, how would that work out? Mm. Um, but yeah, in, in the context of the story, Peter's still young, and he's just like... Like, the whole arc in the game is that he hasn't had any time to focus on his own life and, you know, building a life with Mary Jane and everything. So at the end of the game, he's like, hey, Miles, you've been excelling as Spider-Man. Why not do this full-time? Yeah, just, not even full-time, just do it, like, we'll turn the ratio to 70-30 yeah. and I'll get the focus on this foundation I'm setting yeah. up. And Miles is like, I will definitely do that. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe it. He's yeah. fucking... Enough. But it's like, people... <laughs> All of all three of the main story arcs that are teased for the next game are Peter adjacent because Norman is pissed at Peter. Oh my gosh! Like everyone who's remaining as a villain is pissed at Peter, so it has to come back to Peter at yeah. some point. So it's just like I just don't understand. Like, like let the new blood live. Like just like in yeah. comic, every time a character tries to retire and get out of the game. Mm -hmm. That's a short-lived piece. But that's so, every series ever, Dan. It's like people are upset that their main person isn't there anymore. They're having their, like, Batman fandom moment where they're like, I can't believe they're replaying. Yeah. And Batman oh, was back believe, in, like, a I, week later. I and can't it was believe just... this, yeah. <sighs> but your next news article? Uh, my next is Dragula, which I shared a TikTok with you. I mean, out of many this weekend, as I did. Um, Dragula's continuing. This week's challenge was a uh, trash can children challenge. Because huh. we can't get copyright yeah. with a certain other 80s, 90s property. And I thought oh, it was... Which might also come to Sinister Six. So. Oh <laughs> I'm not ready for the barf bag, but uh, then we'd have to decide our own trash can child, which I've thought about far too much after this episode. But I think you should truly watch this on Shudder because it's like a quirky, fun time. Mm -hmm. The drag was high. It was, it was just great. I was like, oh, like some of the people who got the challenge... Really got it. Mm -hmm. um, the judging for who went home was a little suspect, but that's with every drag show we have recently. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just think it's a great franchise, and I think I should recommend Dragula more. Of course. Just to get you into drag. I know Drag Race, you watched that one Espanya episode, and, mm -hmm. but this would be your cup of tea. This well, would be your intro point. I mean, that's just mostly because I don't watch a lot of like reality game shows and, and everything like that yeah. but yeah like one it's piece on has shutter it's like less than an hour i just know. pop it on yeah i could you could but we or wouldn't. i could just watch the same youtube videos <laughs> over or i could watch a 40 minute um discussion of the rescuers which i did <laughs> this week. well that's good it was, knowledge it was to have. great yeah, yeah yeah i was like oh i agree yes <laughs> it is an underappreciated classic I, yeah i don't know i for the sake of, like, world building, Are my YouTube yes. algorithm is, like, here's, like, ancient religions of the Near East, oh, and we're gonna see, go into deep dives so you get, of them. you get more it. real than me. Mine's all fantasy. <laughs> I, 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 I gotta tip fantasy the scales world, back yeah, again. Yeah. Um, but that, I think, is oh, all of the right. neon movie So you go. I've got, I've got one more thing before mm -hmm. the neon movie extravaganza. Mm -hmm. um, the last thing, I seldom make a music recommendation on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's hard for me to describe music. Yeah. 
um, in a way that isn't positive because I think anyone who puts themselves out there is some form of talented, mm-hmm. like especially the record label. But Dan, I highly recommend this album to you. Um, this is from a YouTuber turned singer who goes by the stage name of Chappelle Rowan. Okay. She's a lovely redhead, a youthful girl, uh, with her first album, The Rise and Fall of a Midwest Princess. Mm-hmm. And this is how I describe what if Taylor Swift was a good singer. You just had she, to do it. Uh, and I did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, she <laughs> doesn't sing country at all. She's described as dark pop. Okay. But... I think you'll thoroughly be into her album. I was playing it when you you walked in and went to the bathroom, so I, I know you didn't really listen to the lyrics that were playing there. But I think you would thoroughly enjoy her album. She's like, she's quirky, she's cool, she's in vogue right now, she's all over my TikTok. Well, honest to God, I thought you were playing Olivia Rodrigo when I walked in. No, but, it, it wasn't her. I yeah, Okay, so yeah. that, uh, that I, was I love Olivia mental Rodrigo, decline, but yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I liked the sound of that. Yeah, so when I walked in, maybe so. check that out. I think you'll be into that. It's one album, forty or so minutes. Just put it on. Well, you might enjoy. I would say that that's been one you know consistent thing to come out of YouTube is that I've discovered a lot of artists that I love now mm-hmm. through their YouTube covers and stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, like Melinda who does like the Irish, yeah, variants of things. Uh-huh. Caleb Hiles, uh, Amelie, obviously, who ended up playing Uda. <laughs> Yeah. So it, there's yeah. there's a lot there. Mm. Um, but no, by all means, I will check it out. All right. You'll yeah. probably have to remind me of the name because... Uh, I'll send it to you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but but no, by all means. All right, Dan. The strike is ended. Is it time? Yeah, Drawing Board is rolling out the <laughs> neon sign. <laughs> For an extra hour of content. He's very unsafe. We We've took... started slightly earlier than usual to squeeze in our Carlo Gogina of the day. <laughs> yeah, no safety precautions, no anything, but no. we're, you know, that sign looks a little wobbly, but we're going to do our best to give you the news. So. Um, I went as far back as my long-term memory could remember. Okay. Uh, so feel free to inter- interject if you've watched something different okay. from what's currently on the list. I think we vaguely talked about Talk to Me. I want to say, see, that because was... Because it was an A24 property, and I feel like they were, like, good. They were good. So I feel like we vaguely talked about it. Because it feels like the but strike... But it wasn't the first thing that we watched from the strike. No. Mm-hmm. When, when I go back in my memory, it's either Talk to Me or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that and is the first of the... I have something before that. Okay. So, okay. yeah. That, that would be early, but you want to give any thoughts on Talk to Me now that we have the stage, too? Like, any official things to say um, about it? In a similar vein to, like, Barbarian mm-hmm. uh, and Malignant and everything, mm-hmm. Talk to Me was kind of... If I'm picturing this past year in terms of horror movies... You know, it was a good year, because we got um, Evil Dead Rise, Mm -hmm. which I loved, but Talk to Me was legitimately excellent. It was just a unique horror movie. Um, I've shown it to multiple people. Mm -hmm. It's it's catching on, Um, you know, so... Yeah, that Mondi sound, the El Mondi song is all over TikTok, which I love. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. It's just, it was was very, very good. Um, Officially from me... I thought it was a lot greater than a lot of people are talking about it lately. Mm-hmm. They say that the plot's a little inconsistent. It goes by too quick. There's no real stakes. And I'm like, what are you talking about, people? 
honestly, like it's a fun time with a horror property that's new and interesting. Yeah. They already did a Pearl slash X and recorded the prequel to it, mm-hmm. which is super cool of A24. I thought it was greatly acted. Mm-hmm. I was just super invested in this. It felt like a great time. It wasn't scary. Yeah. There were no scary moments on it, unless you consider Toe sucking a little scary, but who among us? <laughs> and I think that talked to me, in, like, in terms of, str- it hits the beats that a horror movie would. Like, there's the the, the, the opening teaser, the lull before where we get to know the characters, yeah. and then there's, like, a sudden drop. Well, there was everything... a sudden drop in the intro scene where someone yeah. stabbed to death at a house party. Well, yeah, but yeah. that's, again, that's, like, someone getting killed in the opening, but then it's kind of like... It was good enough for me yeah. to immediately purchase the Blu-ray when it came on Blu-ray. Yeah. And have a A24 poster hanging yeah. in my... You didn't buy the hand, though. I, I wouldn't allow that in my house. Of course. You know me and Weejit. <laughs> <laughs> Get out, Dad. You like the Derek Ertz. I wouldn't let anyone in. The Derek Arts, yeah, no. and it was just cool. It was cool shot. It was from YouTubers. Mm-hmm. It, uh, the great acting from the lead. I don't know her name. I'll get to it eventually. Mm-hmm. We might do it on the podcast eventually because it's a fun time. Yeah, um, that would be a cool like bodies, bodies, bodies. As I said, that's my double feature because mm-hmm. it's about like party games. Mm-hmm. Um, that and Ready, Ready or Not, which is also classic. Great if you've never seen that before. Ready or Not, yeah, I have not seen that uh, yet. With uh, what's his name? Guy from Priscilla, Queen of the Desert's daughter, the Scream Queen, who's in everything, the babysitter. Samara Weaving? Samara yeah. Weaving. Oh, what an icon she is in that movie. Maybe we'll do that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like a good party games mar- marathon of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gave me the same vibe of that. It was innocuous. It was fun. Um, the theater wasn't that abruptive, even though the person in front of us was eating chicken. I was like, fine, eat chicken. Like, I'd love to bring chicken to a theater and unwrap it here now. Are you talking about bodies, bodies, bodies? No, no, no. I'm talking about talk to me. I okay. remember I remember it fondly. Don't worry. I know there was someone mm-hmm. unwrapping tinfoil with the chicken in front of us. Yeah. And yeah. I was thinking about that chicken. <laughs> You're not going to offer me a piece. <laughs> but whatever. Go see. Walk up and offer them a fist bump and then see what happens. <laughs> I'd give them a hug from behind. What could go wrong? And then a handshake and a high five and see I'll what happens. I'll never get punched if I offer a hug. Right, Dan? <laughs> you probably don't want to open with the fist bump. That could be yeah. seen as an attack. So. Yeah. Um, but there was that talk to me. Um, I have one before the one that you want to mention, at least in our regards. I mm-hmm. might have two. I might have two that we've seen before the first one you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing I have on my list is Death in Venice. A haunting in Venice. I, why do I always call it Death in Venice? Because Death on the Nile. Oh. Yeah. But Haunting in Venice, Mm -hmm. another Hercule Poirot, Agatha Christie, Kenneth Branagh property. Mm -hmm. Dan and I, of course, had to go to the cinema for this. We did. Dressed to the nines. Almost day one, I think. The theater was not full. No. But it was still better than Indiana Jones. It was. So. (laughs) By leaps and bounds, it was. Um, uh, Yeah. It was enjoyable. I thought... Compared to the rest of the Agatha Christie, Kenneth Branagh properties, this was my favorite. Okay. Which I didn't think I was... I didn't go in thinking it was going to be. But uh, Michelle Yeoh had a scene where she said a lot of handography. She said, beckon beckon Mm. this person towards me. And that sold me. Even though I didn't predict it as fast as the second film, Mm -hmm. Death on the Nile, which... You know, I, I'm an avid reader, but haven't read any Agatha Christie's just for this. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen any of the older ones. Um, I predicted what was going to happen, essentially. Yeah. I knew that someone was involved. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't seen it, but... It was... 
It was fine. It was much more telegraphed than the previous two, no, I think. No, the, I, the Gal Gadot of it all, that was telegraphed so much well, more. Well, okay, but, but when I say that, in Death of the Nile... Book was CGI'd, then. <laughs> it was, yes, but Death of the Nile was so stupid mm-hmm. that you didn't really care what the outcome was. Mm-hmm. Haunting in Venice, I was like, okay. But then when it starts to click, when, you know, people give their little motive rants and speeches, yeah. like, oh, there's... Someone's doing something in this house, and it's uh-huh. it's kind of like, you know... Uh, like, Haunting in Venice raised my expectations more than Death on the Nile did. Yes, yes, definitely. A hundred percent. I think the cast was a, a lot more cohesive for that. Yeah. Um, uh, Tina Fey doing her New Yorker teen, accent. <laughs> Tina Fey, you know what? She ate in this role. She and did. I think a lot of people are going to sleep on it. Yeah. They're not going to remember Tina Fey in this. I'll remember Tina Fey in this as the Jonathan character from New York. Yeah, they can't give her her With credit. an avid twist. Especially after that Mean Girls musical trailer, but we'll, we'll get there. My page is dry. What are you doing? <laughs> I I loved Tina Fey in this. She was definitely a standout character for me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was... There was no book mention, though, which got the points deducted for me. Well, obviously, there can't be any more book, yeah. but... He, well, he said he was haunted by the spirits of the past, but not one book. Not one book, yeah. but they... I would assume that... When this continues, it'll it'll go on like with the Indiana Jones style, where he'll have like a different companion, quote unquote, each time. I don't again. I don't know the books either. The books. The books. Yeah. But he, you know, if Kenneth Branagh just wants like his green light to keep making these Perot movies every yeah, so fuck. often, like just he's gonna please do, do it. He's gonna please do it. just. What are the old people gonna watch? Downton's over. I <laughs> the Gilded Age isn't doing as good. <laughs> I want ten of these. I want them to be, like, a semi-yearly event. I want to have a season of the podcast based on these. Like, that's all I ask for, because there's nothing else like them. Yeah. Ten little redacteds. Yeah, like, they don't... they, they, They don't seem... Aside from, like, maybe Knives Out, they don't bother them, but... Glass Onion was a little too yeah, but, on the nose but I for feel me. Like, but I feel like Ryan Johnson knows that, and he's going to return a little bit truer to form in the next one. I would also hope that, yeah. 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 But but in terms of these these stupid goober detective stories, mm-hmm. you know, just just keep pumping out the Perot movies. That's that's all I want. That's <laughs> yeah. the only keep series I care Perot, about. Keep pumping says Dan Ryan. Yeah. Where's that t-shirt? <laughs> just, just, yeah, that's all I ask for. Mm-hmm. Um... The next thing we might have watched before your pick, on Netflix, Wes Anderson released a certain series of films. Yeah, Henry Sugar. Short films. The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching this with you. Yes. As we did, you know, after our Wes Andersons. We watched them all jointly. And saying, ooh, you know, they're a little bit dark. They are. And I kind of like that. <laughs> because Raul yeah. Dahl was a little bit dark and racist and, <laughs> and xenophobic and everything. Yeah. But... These definitely felt a little darker, a little simpler, a little more theatrical. It's just a certain group of actors performing for the camera for 30 minutes or so with uh, Poison, the Rat Catcher, the Swan, and the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. And they very much all follow the structure of those short stories. Like, yes. they sometimes they, they, they don't always end in, like, a big theatrical thing. And they thing. didn't connect, because I know for the Rat Catcher, that connects to a certain other Walt Dahl story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn what's in the haystack. It's a body. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but, okay. yeah, it gets even darker there if you're well-read, Dan. Are you? I don't know. 
well, no, <laughs> yeah. but I, but but they they do have that short story feel to them yeah. where it's not going to end in like a bombastic like dramatic thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it could just end on the theme being stated. Yeah. Like the yeah. theme becomes clear and it ends. Which it and does, I like it. It does for Poison. Yeah, uh, which is about racism, mm-hmm. which is odd because Raoul Dahl was a different story. Yeah, but. but um, I could see how it would turn certain people off that these are kind of just monologues delivered to the audience with people interacting around them. True. But as but, a theater connoisseur, I love that. But they like the monologuing is one thing, but then the sets are absolutely gorgeous and the way that they like unravel and move behind the people delivering yeah. the monologues, I would argue, kind of keeps your attention going. Mm. So... You know, if people are just purely Wes Anderson fans and they want to check that out, his style is all there. Mm -hmm. There's not one moment it's not. So, yeah, check him out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what did you see? We've got a few that I think I've seen before that, but you go next. Well, the earliest one I could think of that hasn't been mentioned was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Which I didn't see, but you saw, so feel free to talk about it, Sister Margareta. Mutant Mayhem. (laughs) Um... I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, as you know, I love me some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, yes. Those movies in, like, or some form of the canon is coming to this podcast at some point in of the course. future. Yeah. Um, I watched them. I liked the series, multiple of them. Yeah. Um, I was never, like, a turtle stan, but I enjoyed them. Yeah, it, it's it's been, like... I don't know. It was up there with Power Rangers in terms of like my childhood stuff. Oh, I was definitely stuff. more Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles than Power Rangers. I was definitely more Power Rangers than Turtles, mm. but the Turtles have, have kind of remained more consistent. And obviously we had like Shredder's Revenge recently. There was a little turtle renaissance that happened like last year. A turtle sense, if you would. And <laughs> it was just a good movie. It was, you know, it was kind of animated in the style of, of how like they did the Spider-Verse movies, but with a little more... I don't know, like like a little more of a modern. I I want to say like neonish color palette, like yeah. it like it felt like the lines were rougher and everything, and it because it looks like. I don't I I don't know I don't want to say it like has like a New York graffiti look to it, but mm-hmm. it, it was obviously channeling something like that. But it, the animation was gorgeous. The turtles are all voiced by actual zoomers, so they sound and act like teenagers would, like they. They have, like, that free-flowing dialogue with each other where they just, like, rag on one another and they're making jokes and comments and and other things. And, like, because I think when they were recording the voices for it, they kind of let them go uh, and improvise for a lot of stuff. And it shows because it it just feels so natural. Mm -hmm. Um, And I believe that Jackie Chan did the voice of Splinter. Great, and he's he's played as like a very neurotic dad to the turtles, Aww. as opposed to like the the sagely we master get that Ki he Kwan usually Kwan is. In there, Kiku Kwan, um, and then like all these deep pulls from the rest of the turtle history, like Bebop <laughs> and Rocksteady, and and yes. all these other mutants that show up, uh-huh. uh, like the big bad is. Um, I forget what his name is. It's the fly. It, it's it's I, that one. Yeah. 
But David Cronenberg's the flies in this film. Yeah. It, it was just it was just good. It was just a quality little movie. Yeah. I heard yeah. that Donatello is the JoJo stand, so he you is. Know, he as, has a sweatshirt. As, as best turtle, he gets the award. It's it's no problem. Donatello is the best turtle. The final fight scene, he one of them, I think it's Donatello, directly references we gotta do the attack on Titan maneuver, and they Great. do the attack on Titan maneuver. Yeah. So it's it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, and you said they actually got like teens or teenage sorts to voice the, the yeah. turtles. Yeah. yeah, and it sounds it sounds like natural. It and it the story is funny, but it has like heart to it. Mm. And yeah, there's like a lot of stuff where Splinter is kind of coping as like being a dad who wants to keep his kids safe. And April's in there, and <laughs> she's like, she wants to be, you know, obviously a journalist like April usually is, but she's dealing with being embarrassed on the internet previously so it's like bringing that stuff mm. into it um but i don't know it just it just felt like a very you know what i would expect a continuation of the turtles to be yeah, yeah so check it out hmm. uh, my next one's a quick one probably mm-hmm. less than a few sentences i watched a sanctuary which is a, a neon film mm-hmm. um it's it gave me similar vibes, and this is for, like, the theater people out there, for David Ives' Venus and Fur, which is also a movie adaptation of a play. Mm-hmm. And it's about, like, a dominatrix who's uh, seeing, like, a CEO somewhere and, like, the mind games they play with each other. Oh, is it with uh, Margaret... Margaret... Margaret Quayley? Quayley. Yeah. Quayley. Yeah. yeah. Well, you knew her. I, yeah. I didn't. And Christopher Abbott's star in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was just interesting. I liked that dynamic. I loved it in Venus and Fur, so I wanted to check this out because it felt like a spiritual successor to that. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know if I'd watch it again, except if I was, like, in the Venus and Fur stand company. Um, but it, mm-hmm. was, it was a good movie. Yeah. On Hulu, if you want to check it out. Okay. And that's all I have to say about that. It's fine. Um, it's stylish. That's the reason why I checked out in the first place. I was like, oh, I saw the trailer. I thought I'd be into this. Yeah, good movie. Yeah, the like the ripped TikTok scenes I've seen from it mm. give off that vibe. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, anything for you? Well, I suppose I'll put it here in the list because it doesn't really belong anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point in the past year, I'm almost positive a Fast and the Furious movie came out. Oh, Eleven, yeah, uh, and specifically Dan got bit. So uh, he's like a part of year, La Familia now. La- I am. <laughs> Bring out the Coronas. I am. You no, know, I, I might have only seen the first one, and that's it. And I said, you know. I, I feel like in my future, Dan Ryan's going to bring the series to me, so I better not watch the rest. Well, that was the weird thing, is that I had never actually watched the, or, like, the first one. Or the second one, or the third one. Huh. But then, Only Tokyo Drift. No, not oh, even. Oh, wow. But then, a few, like, last year, I had nothing else to view, so instead of taking one of your artsy recommendations... I watched, like, Furious 7, okay, and I watched, like, 7, 8, 9, 10, Hobbs and Shaw, mm-hmm. which was the, you know, yeah. the Dwayne Johnson... Oh, I, I'm a friend with Macabre. I know all about that. And this year, when the most recent one, which, again, I think is 11, came out, I went back and I rewatched all of them in order, and I loved them. <laughs> it is such a, a stupid-ass roller yes, coaster yes. of... It, it, is, it is just... Like, the first one is one thing. It's mm-hmm. obviously, it's a very simple story of an undercover FBI agent 
who is trying to take down Vin Diesel's familia from stealing DVD players. That's yep. it. They're, I know. They, yeah. They are. I heard. They got some cars and some grappling hooks, I think, and they steal DVD players. That is the that is the, the whole that thing. That won't date this franchise at all. The second movie does not have Vin Diesel. Instead, it's Paul Walker mm-hmm. um, and the guy who ends up joining the rest of the Nakama in the other movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Tyreek Gibson joins and it's like a a dark and gritty miami drug movie Mm -hmm. like like it's like the criminal underworld element of miami and they're like a guy almost has his chest cavity eaten by a rat because they're like doing scarface stuff we need a rat catcher for that and i'm like holy shit this doesn't feel like the first movie, and it doesn't feel like La Familia that I would come to know and love later on. There's no family barbecue occurring in this film. You know, then the third one is like a, you know, a, a Texas boy, or, or a guy at least doing a horrible Texas accent, with it, who has, like, greased, frosted tips, is, is sent to Tokyo, Japan, because he's too much of a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. Even though he looks 30, he's in high school. Uh, and it's his last chance to stay out of juvie is to go move yeah. with his dad in Tokyo, where he then gets in to the Tokyo drifting circuit, mm-hmm. and he has to race against a Yakuza boss's son to, uh, I don't know what, save his his friend, I think. Um, <laughs> Dan was just popping these like popcorn, baby. But then, yeah. but then that didn't do so well. People liked Han, the one character who was introduced in that movie and then died in that movie. Mm-hmm. But people were like, we want Han back. So then Vin Diesel also comes back, and Han comes back, mm-hmm. because the, the subsequent movies yeah. actually take place chronologically yeah, before Tokyo exploded, Drift. You know, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Okay. Well, that's another thing entirely. Uh-huh. But technically, Tokyo Drift takes place after, like, I think, seven or eight. Great. So then, you know, you keep going down the timeline, Vin Diesel's back, he gets his familia together. Well, I hope when you bring this, we'll watch in chronological order, according yes. to timeline, so uh, I won't be as confused. And we, you know, it just keeps escalating, and they face, like, a series of anime villains, <sighs> and each successively is yeah. stronger yeah. and better at and driving or, and more furious, or commanding yeah. drivers than the previous one, and then they're, like, in ten, they're in space... They gotta they gotta disrupt a satellite because Charlize Theron is is a mm-hmm. is a lady who can change the world by hacking, yeah. and then you know uh, what's his name? Oh my god, um, uh, the guy from Escape from New York, uh, Kurt? Kurt Kurt Russell yeah. is in there as like a master spy, and I think he's dead at some point. And then Brie Larson replaces him as his daughter, yeah. and it's just like it it, it just it doesn't stop. And then Jason Momoa shows up in the most recent one as the son of a crime boss who got killed off in, like, the sixth one. Yeah. And now he's out for revenge. Mm. And, you know, the cliffhanger of Eleven, you know, <laughs> this could be the end of, of the Familia, but... I don't think so. Um, My God, I love these movies. And, yeah. you know, that's the thing. If you ever bring American Horror Story... Oh, we'll do a double feature. My... Yeah, I could, I could, we could both suffer. My, you know, mutually assured destruction yeah. key turn is yeah. I bring the Fast and yeah. Furious franchise to this. turn the nukes on at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's what would happen. Oof. The anime listeners would just gonna stop. Going to keep me at bay for a while then. <laughs> it would yeah. just, they would just check out, yeah. and we would have like 25 episodes and nothing but that shit. So Fine, it was, yeah. 
Yeah, so that was that was one of the things I viewed. So mm. uh, my next one's also a Hulu bop. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a horror film by the title of "No One Will Save You." Mm-hmm. Um, highly check this out. My initial recommendation on this: this film only has five words of dialogue in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about a woman growing up in this community and uh, kind of living a insular life when mm-hmm. she's invaded by aliens. Mm-hmm. And uh, we pieced together the entire story by lack of dialogue and just her dealing with this alien invasion. And mm-hmm. that's all I want to say about this because I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I have heard of it. Yeah. A lot of people have been recommending it yeah. highly. It got so, middling yeah. reviews, but I, I thought it was great. I mean, the CGI is a different story. It's Hulu. Like, mm-hmm. you, gotta, you gotta put it past that. But I, I really love this. Of course. I had a great uh, Halloween watch with this film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... Mm-hmm. Do we have to do we have to go chronologically or I don't know. I've only got I've only got one big one left for me. Um I I think we share that one. Yeah. So was it a certain person's birthday this week? <laughs> what? That Lady Gaga went to? Yeah, that okay, one. Okay, that's the big one. Okay. Um. Okay, so the only other thing was that, because you already discussed this back when it came out, but I finally saw Across the Spider-Verse. I didn't see it. So you didn't see it? The first one? The second one. I didn't see the second one. I you, thought, I you thought brought Macabrera. It up, but no, no, I only saw the first one. Oh. Yeah. Heesh. All right. Well, anyway... Excellent movie. Yeah. No surprise to That was to like anyone. last week you brought it up or something. And I yeah. I was like, didn't you see that? And I said, we can't talk about it. But just, I, I just was watching it mm-hmm. and I'm like, holy shit, the entire time. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the only airport comes from the fact that the animators were obviously very overworked. And, you know, the, the two guys in charge of it seemed to have been changing their minds and going back and editing things up to the release and then after the release to the point where there are versions of the movie that are seemingly lost mm. and they were like oh it's because it's the multiverse but like it's eh, it's just like the George Lucas yes. editing films thing mm-hmm. um, but I loved it and mm-hmm. I hope that if the third one is entering production that they don't rush the process it to will. force it out people loved these I loved the first no, one no I'm not I'm not I'm not worried about it coming out. Oh, I don't want it rushed. rushed. Okay. Yeah, I want yeah. the You, you don't know, want to feel the rush. You're not addicted to its touch. Yeah, the the, the <laughs> quality needs to be there cuz it, it has been for these first two. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, that was but that was already a movie that came out before the strike anyway. So Yeah, yeah. But we we didn't want to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to interrupt anyone. Um so I guess we could talk about a certain Martin Scorsese joint, can't we? Oh. I think we should end on that one. Okay. I I have one more. All right, I've got uh, uh, adjacent news, so I guess I can go to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mean Girls musical was shown. Mm-hmm. No music there. No music. <laughs> no music. Um, the Mean Girls musical, when it went to Broadway, I thought it was going to be a lot better than what we got. Mm-hmm. People liked it. Uh, the teeny boppers raged over it. They they loved it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that Tina Fey said we had like some Bertolt Breck references when it was initially proposed that we were gonna get like a a song entirely in German uh, mm-hmm. called like the old whore song or whatever. I said now that's the kind of theater I dig. Like if that's just thrown into the mass market theater and we get like an old whore song sung entirely in German and no one gets it. Mm-hmm. I said that's the kind of theater reference I love and I love that Tina Fey thinks of that, but. For this trailer, 
why didn't they show us any of the music? People are just thinking it's another adaptation of just the regular Mean Girls when yeah. Renee Rapp is sitting right there. <laughs> Literally, the only indication is that in the title, there's a little music note yeah. above one of the letters, and, not, and that's it. Not your grandmother's or mother's Mean Girls. I'm like, how old do you think we are? <laughs> I, I don't know. It feels like that movie's always been a part of us, but it, yeah. it wasn't that... It wasn't ancient. I'll so. watch, but I'm just concerned. Why didn't we see any music? Well, I mean, I don't know what music to expect from it. You know what music Well, they would used be an Olivia it, but... Rodrigo song for the trailer, and that's it. Yeah. And yeah. that's not in the musical. <laughs> so it's a weird choice. But according to the discourse, that's not the first time a musical movie has done that. But it's not a good indication always no. that, that they do that. No. Um, also, Zelda movie. Yeah. Live action. Produced by Avi Arad, the man who, yikes, after I don't know how to feel, writing uh, a beautiful mind in the '90s, has destroyed several franchises that have passed through both like Warner Bros. and Sony. Um, Miyazaki was right there. He was right there. He was next door, or one of his proteges. They could have easily done that and made millions. And I would have to assume that with it being, with Zelda being a very valued piece of Nintendo's brand, <laughs> you know, obviously they sought out Illumination to make the Mario movie. Because Mario, I would think, is, you okay, that has international appeal. Everyone, everyone knows and loves Mario. You know, you can do it right with the proper... Mm. Pro- proper input, but Zelda, I'm worried about. Yes. Yeah. As we should be, Dan. Because, again, Aviarod's presence is like a monkey's paw curling. <laughs> you know, again, for anyone unfamiliar with Aviarod, I'm almost positive that he had a hand in Batman and Robin on this podcast, mm. but he was the, the man at Sony who forced Sam Raimi to put, like, three villains in Spider-Man 3, Mm -hmm. causing Sam Raimi to walk away because he couldn't meet the deadlines. Creatively, there was no way to, like, I I can't make a good movie in a year. With three villains, yeah. No, 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 he did make that movie. It wasn't good. But then for Spider-Man 4, they're like, you have to immediately start production on 4 and 5. And Mm -hmm. Sam Raimi was like, no. Then Aviarad, along with Amy Pascal, was the one who was like, fuck it. If, if the people on the internet want Spider-Man to go to the MCU, then we're going to do the universe of, of Spider-Man villains. Mm. And that has given us Morbius <laughs> and that Aaron Taylor Johnson Craven movie that's oh, coming out next yeah. year. And those are the fruits of Aviarod's labor. That is apparently what he is passionate about, mm. is like, pump these things out to keep the rights. And it's like, why Nintendo would give that to him, like, you would think that there would be a bidding war for The Legend of Zelda. Zelda, a huge property that people have wanted to come to the screen forever. And, and I and I said this on the Discord. Uh-huh. Like, I'm, I'm whenever Aviarod is, is involved in anything, mm. it's the movie's going to come out to middling reviews, mm-hmm. probably make it, you know, make money because it's Zelda. And then, like, five years later, there's going to be a tell-all that comes out explaining all of the weird choices, w- regulations. Mean, yeah. He's like, well, 
marketing showed that people didn't like Ganon using magic, yeah. and they didn't want him to be so a redhead. So he used a gun. Instead. So he used a gun. Yeah. He we gave him two pirate flintlocks <laughs> to reference Wind Waker, but not reference Wind Waker because moms in the suburbs don't like Wind Waker. Uh-huh. So we didn't want to do that. Also, he couldn't have red hair because red hair doesn't test well. Mm-hmm. So he's blonde. Yeah. Jessica Chastain didn't want to play that. Didn't want to play yeah, it. Yeah. So Ganon's blonde, no beard. Because beards, meh, they don't test well. So he's a blonde, skinny guy with two pirate flitlocks. Mm. And we thought, you know, maybe in the next movie he could turn into a pig. But but no promises. We'll see how this movie does. And it, like, shit like that. That is what I am, I am so, so worried about. And the only thing that, that got my hopes up was that people were talking about Hunter Schaefer maybe playing Zelda. Yeah, and Hunter Schaefer was like, I love that video game. <laughs> and I said, no, Hunter Schaefer, no, just say you love the series. Like, you had to just do one thing. And she's like, I played that video game when I was a child. And I said, oh, which one? <laughs> it's, I just have such I would such love a... to see it, but I said, Ooh, you should know more about this, though. And this is as people on the internet are making, like, anime-style... Zelda like snippets and it, it it's just like why not go that way why take all of the wonder out of it and hand it to Hollywood whenever they do fantasy movies whenever they like what Zelda's setting is they make it dark and gray and yeah. rainy and but will it be Twilight Princess based I don't know I I, I don't know I don't know. How does Twilight Princess test amongst audiences 40 to 50? Well, people like I, you love it, and the comic book nerds love it, so put it on the screen. Because if anything, I think... Ocarina. Yeah, Ocarina, yeah, yeah. Skyward Sword even? For... No. If no, 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 it's no. Skyward Sword, then I'm gonna... I'm not saying the story, the visual style. Mm. I Like a Ghibli-esque, you know... But, but Ocarina of Time is the obvious way to go, but like, how the hell are they gonna do that in a movie? <laughs> I I just I'm concerned. That's that's the I think we're both concerned. Yes, because we love Zelda, but mm. uh, they're just gonna get choice of Bond to play Link, and it's gonna upset me. Yeah, have a little twink. Oh, that's gonna suck. Mm, who's it gonna be? I don't know. Uh, who would be Ganondorf? I don't know. Bashemi. I don't. I don't. I don't fucking know. No, that's possible. Yeah. yeah. Well, he could be skulked, maybe, <sighs> but yeah, I, I, I don't know. We'll and, see what happens. And then I guess my oh, no, that that's everything except for the last major film. Okay, my last small movie news was literally from last night. Oh, great! I watched the David Fincher movie, The Killer. Okay, which is just it went yeah. up on Netflix on Friday. I think it's you know a lot of people are into it. it I think it's trending pretty highly. Um. It is Michael Fassbender playing an assassin, um, and after a job goes poorly, he finds his like personal life affected by the ring of assassins that he works for, um, and it's just very much a David Fincher mm. assassin movie. Okay. Michael Fassbender is is chilling. He's monologuing throughout the whole thing, talking about like the ins and outs of living this life, and I love stuff like that. So if you love stuff like that, mm-hmm. then by all means go check it out. It's not it's not an action heavy movie. It's just Michael Fassbender plays a weird and blunt assassin who meticulously takes you through his process of killing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. very house that Jack built. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting. And now the big one, by all means, sir. 
Killers of the Flower Moon, mm-hmm. uh, a Scorsese event. Yes. Cinema's not dead, you see. No. I liked it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought three hours never went by faster in my life. I agree. Hmm. But, again, I did like The Irishman also. And I that was... still haven't seen. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Too long. I have the Criterion <laughs> for that. Too long. <laughs> I do have it. I could bring it. I could but... watch Suspiria every day of the week, but Irishman, too long. Um, But, yeah, no, it was... Yeah. Exactly what I would expect. An Ellie excellent Gladstone deserves movie. that Oscar. It's a story about Dan poisoning me over a timeline. It was, yeah. You know, me reacting to that, despite our love that we have for one another. Um, constant standouts. We get Leo playing a bumbling fool. Mm-hmm. Um, but get... maybe not 100% a bumbling fool. Maybe mm. also an asshole, kind of. So Yeah. And then, you know, we got De Niro in there, giving a great performance. Uh, we got What's-His-Name playing the, the, the FBI... Uh, Jesse uh, Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Who shows up the last 30 minutes. To investigate these killings. Yeah, we got a, a, a cameo by um, the whale actor Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm, as, a, as an over-the-top you uh, southern dumb boy. lawyer. Yeah. Who pulls, like, a pretty cool Ace Attorney stunt in the scene that he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it, it just... It does what Scorsese does. He takes, like, a historical event and he turns it into something dynamic and digestible to moviegoers. Yeah. Because I don't think a lot of people... I thought this flowed better than Oppenheimer, to be honest with you. Like, I was... Yeah. I was just on the ride. Yeah. I said, oh, done already? Uh, but I think we ended up, like, I my my I was more favorable to Oppenheimer, maybe mm. slightly than you were, but I, I... Oh, I gave Oppenheimer a high score, but yeah, yeah I can it, see that. It was um in the Barbenheimer conflict. I think Oppenheimer actually came out on top. on top for me, yeah. but it, it yeah. was, but no, Killers of the Flower Moon was just again, it was a story that not a lot of people are familiar with. So it, we did see with April, or I saw with April, and um, she read the book and said it wasn't kind of that accurate to the book, mm-hmm. um, which is always something that I want to do. She said like it was way too obvious in the film who was evil because you have like Robert De Niro steepling his hands at the very intro. Yeah, <laughs> <We're> like <laughs> what should yeah. I do here? And she said there was a little bit more mystery, a little bit more FBI in the book. Well, yeah, and I could see that as probably just giving something De Niro, like something for De Niro to do. Like mm-hmm. he has to be hammy, so they just do like you wrote see him. the wolves in this picture. <laughs> yeah, the buzzards are circling. Yeah, but yeah, great movie. Mm-hmm. Probably Oscar contending. Yeah, right there. It'll, it'll get a few awards. I yeah. feel. Yeah. Well. Do we want to get into something not Oscar contending? <laughs> yeah, let me use the little boys' room first. All right, we uh, stretched our old bones, and now we're resuming. <laughs> I relieved the bladder from bust. <laughs> with uh, who are you uh, gonna call? <laughs> with some uh, some content that I am very excited into because this was one of those uh, you know animes that I you know I caught a glimpse of it online, and mm. I'm like I have to bring this to the podcast. Because uh, it, it, it fits in with a lot of other stuff that I have brought before. Yes. Um, so I'm going to roll out uh, the drawing board. <gasps> oh! Uh, and today he's... <laughs> oh my. He, he's Trouble Man Edition. Oh. Um, so he's looking, you know, like a rock star, but also somewhat zombified. Oh. A little skeletal. I see. A little creepy. Yeah. I wonder what that's about. Ozzy Osbourne, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ozzy! Um, <laughs> but... Sharon! <laughs> 
another pillar of our childhood there. Hmm. Uh, but we are, of course, covering Night Warriors Darkstalkers Revenge. Of course. <laughs> I looked it up and I said, this is long. And then Dan said, no, no, no. Uh, it is a four-episode OVA anime series by Madhouse Studios, okay. who are frequent, you know, appearances on this podcast. And probably many favorite anime, uh, you know, to the people out there. Uh, it is directed by Masashi Ikeda. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally released from 1997 to 1998, the OVAs are, of course, based on Capcom's Darkstalkers fighting game franchise. Uh, the original 1994 arcade game, which was released in Japan as Vampire, uh, and then released here as Darkstalkers The Night Warriors, takes place on a fictionalized version of Earth that is slowly merging with the demonic Makai realm slash demon world. Of course, we wouldn't want that to happen. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> it is very bad for us. Yeah. Uh, this convergence has brought forth the Darkstalkers, a group of powerful... The Darkstalkers. The Darkstalkers. <laughs> not Oma, the Dark Wizard. Not the Dark Wizard. Adjacent to that property. Yeah, there That's actually true. isn't a Dark Wizard in all of this. Well, really? Um, There's but... no magics? <laughs> Well, there is magics, but there's no there's no uh, palette swapped dark wizard mm. who's just a wizrobe yeah. uh, to be the boss battle. Um, a, but they are a group of powerful warriors based on monsters from books, movies, and folklore. Mm-hmm. Uh, these characters battle one another in order to determine who will rule the night. Mm-hmm. That is the simple setup of the video game. Depending on which character you choose, you are fighting for supremacy against the other creatures and entities that are there. Creatures of the night. But usually interrupting this process, uh, an alien overlord named Pyron, covering another trope, uh, and his robotic soldiers enter the fray as well, more or less disrupting the pecking order and serving as the final boss. I believe he does this in the first two games. Uh, the franchise had three main installments released from 1994 to 1997. Uh, they were the original Vampire slash Darkstalkers. Uh, the second game, which is, has the same title as this movie, which was Night Warriors. And then the third game, which was originally released as Vampire Hunter, mm-hmm. and then received two successive updates that were titled Vampire Savior. Uh, this OVA series takes its name and roster from the second game, and it only covers events up until the end of that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Each game has received a number of modified and updated re-releases over the years, uh, with the entire series getting remastered compilations as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, The games have generally received positive reviews, and are now, of course, considered cult classics. Yeah, I mean, are we talking about our experience with this after the notes or during? Anytime you want to. Yeah, you know, Darkstalkers, it's my least played, but my my most visually, like, the one that I associate with Mm -hmm. in fighting games. I was definitely more of a street fighter, and even Tekken before this, even though I really can't stand Tekken at this point. Mm -hmm. I loved the look of Darkstalkers the most, but I played it the least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've covered this in previous, uh, you know, when we did Street Fighter, but I've, you know, I've also always been a Capcom person, obviously, across the board with all of their games. I mean, my God. Uh, But the Street Fighter and Darkstalkers characters have always been the most visually appearing, Mm -hmm. like, appealing. I got those art books because I just love how they design their characters. Yeah. Um, But, you know, when I looked into this, it is always surprising to see how few games Darkstalkers technically has. Mm-hmm. It really only has the three. Yeah. Everything else has it's either been an update or, a, a or, or something, yeah. something to that effect. Um, but again, very, you know, 
positive reviews. Well, they had that like Kirby Tilton, not, not Tilton Tumble. That um, that the, the the oh my gosh, the the Panel Depon clone too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darkstalkers match colored shapes, or which has also gotten like <laughs> like re releases and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but of course, Capcom currently has the franchise paused due to lackluster sales, mm. namely the poor performance of 2013's Darkstalkers Resurrection, mm-hmm. which was a high definition update of the third game, is usually as is usually cited as the reason for Capcom not making any modern sequels. Uh, to the dismay of many fans, whenever that game is brought up, you know, the, the producers have discussed it, and they're like, okay, that was really the breaking point for, uh, you know, whether or not there was public interest in the series, and yeah. for now, Capcom doesn't think that there is. Um, so Capcom producer uh, Yoshinori Ono, however, has regularly assured fans that the series is not truly dead and could potentially be revived in the future. Okay. It was stressed, however, that the recent Capcom fighting game collection that I think we discussed on this mm-hmm. podcast yeah, before yeah. Uh, would not be used to gauge but why? the audience's interest <laughs> why? in it. Why? Why? <laughs> why? Um, even so, the main cast of Darkstalkers has found an audience in other ventures, often appearing in crossover games such as Marvel vs. Capcom. Mm-hmm. So the characters are always oh. like added to those rosters and to some extent, and that is how people stay aware of them and how they gain new yeah. fans, if yeah. anything. Uh, obviously, above all others, the succubus Morgan mm. Ainsland... What an icon. What a legend is arguably the most popular Darkstalkers character. And I would agree. And is possibly more well-known than the franchise yeah. itself at this yeah. point. you see her everywhere. Uh, Dimitri, the vampire boy, also was... cool. Like, they're all cool. No, I'll they're s- all cool. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, Dimitri was the intended protagonist, quote-unquote, of the series, hence the title Vampire yeah. for the original game, but Morgan's <laughs> popularity relegated him to the main rival role, if anything, at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and some, you know, I'm gonna try for the next episode, you know, I'll, I'll go into whichever characters you would like to hear more about. Morgan, um, of course. But Morgan... <laughs> red. No, I have yeah. that trivia here. Yeah. Morgan was originally conceived as a female vampire that took inspiration from Go Nagai's Devilman Lady. Yes. Uh, she would be the sexy female character in contrast to the cute Felicia, Felicia. who was always a cat woman yes. at that point. Uh, she was eventually turned into a succubus with her role in the story expanding. The developers have actually stated that the entire plot of Darkstalkers was kind of reverse engineered from the relationship <laughs> between Morgan and Dimitri. Of course. Who, you know, people in the studio and the international translators kind of pinned as an, an aristocratic rivalry mm-hmm. with each other. Yeah. And when th- these OVAs definitely showcase that, that these are two very different kinds of upper-class people Mm -hmm. who are competing with each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, Morgan has become one of the most iconic video game characters of all time and is a favorite of fan artists and cosplayers alike. There was, when I was looking over, like, the, you know, react and, and response sections to this, you know, character in this franchise... There was a thing where if you happen to be at a convention and someone has dressed as Felicia, mm-hmm. there's going to be a ratio of 100 Morgans <laughs> to, to, one that, to, to one Felicia. Good to know. Um, it should be noted that this OVA series faithfully adapts Morgan's friendly and well, moral good. nature. She's a, she's a friendly yeah. spook. She's yeah. not She's yeah. not evil. Yeah. Uh, whereas other adaptations have made her more malevolent uh, to play up the demon angle or what have you. Mm-hmm. But she is firmly 
in a moral sense, the the hero of yes. this franchise. Because yes. Dimitri is kind of a dick, uh-huh. as we will see. Uh, but Morgan is out to maintain order somewhat yeah. in okay. this. And I do recommend... Um, I'm going to try, uh, especially in the next episode, because I wanted to save some trivia for next time, mm-hmm. um, to go into kind of the, the guest more background yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. The supporting cast. But do look into this stuff, because it's fascinating oh, yeah. from, a, from a character design perspective mm-hmm. how this character was kind of built up. It's cool to see the earlier versions of characters like Morgan that evolved into their present day version mm-hmm. um and obviously morgan would eventually get like her uh half sister like lilith yes the alternate down the color, line. yeah um but yeah so so morgan is for- firmly the protagonist and according to most which of... i'm kind of glad that's happening yeah that people love morgan that much like i knew i loved morgan i I did, would say... Did I know everyone else loves her? Because I even noted here, it's possible that Morgan's popularity has kept the other Darkstalkers characters from being, f- like, buried okay. by Capcom. Yeah. I, I, I believe I remember, that. like, the Chinese ghost as well. She's, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, but again, it's, if, if they, if Morgan yeah. has a guest appearance in something, the other Darkstalkers characters tend to be given a similar thing, mm-hmm. and that keys people into them, mm-hmm. and the series can kind of stay alive in that way for the time being. Um, so, uh, the Darkstalkers have appeared in multiple other forms of media, but I will save that for the next Darkstalkers episode, because there's a whole goofy saga that I can go into uh, as to how we arrived at this current uh, OVA series. Mm. So, for this series itself, we're in for some very, very fluid and beautiful animation. Uh, the OVA series goes to great lengths to recreate each character's moves and mannerisms from the games, which is always something that we appreciate. Uh, the ending theme for the series, Trouble Man, by Ikichi Yazawa, was also used as the opening theme in the Japanese home port of the second game. Uh, so originally, again, it was in arcades, and this would have been uh, when you could actually play it on like a home con, like a PlayStation. Mm. Uh, by the time the first episode of the series was released in Japan, Viz Media had secured oh, the U.S. Yeah. rights um, and <laughs> Not planned Formation? to release it later that year. Um, but despite this, they did not produce an English-dubbed version until 1999. Uh, the series was released on VHS, DVD, and UMD in 2000. Um, and then the North American company Media Blasters, <laughs> Media Blasters put it in rental kiosks in 2010. You put some pizza, wrap it in an anime, you got yourself <laughs> a Media Blaster! <laughs> oh my god, we're bringing that to the anime podcast. Yeah, 30 Rock? We'll do that. That'll be a season, maybe. Uh, but this was one of those I need to hear you sing, Dan. <laughs> where, where people were, uh... Is your nose bleeding, Jonathan? Yes. <laughs> oh, were you gonna carry me? <laughs> Uh, it's not a stress stroke. They're not going to get me up on that stage. We got a gift certificate to Outback Steakhouse. Your muffin top. <laughs> but uh, a lot of fans were worried for a while that there wasn't going to be any official cleaned up release of this. Uh, but we, you know, there, there was eventually a DVD version put out by Discotech Media. Okay. And then what we have today oh. is the most recent 2022 Blu-ray release. From just release. last year. Yeah, from just last wow. year. Uh, but for anyone who is intrigued by what we discuss here today, at the, at the time of this recording, they're <laughs> yes. all up for free on YouTube. Oh, so go find wonderful. them. They're all yeah. there. Go watch, watch them if yeah. you wish. Run. Um, so 
Uh, it has, you know, this OVA series has received good reviews in Western game magazines, generally getting like a B plus or four out of five scores. Uh, getting a lot of credit for its superb animation, its vivid colors and smooth motion, and of course the gorgeous character designs. Um, Dave Halverson from the same magazine, which was uh, Gamers Republic, I believe, <laughs> uh, said it's the finest video game-based anime. Not related to, to the date. Czech Republic, I assume, <laughs> but the Gamers Republic. <laughs> um, and the English dub, while not perfect, was described as <laughs> very pretty good. good. Very good. <laughs> Um, and Darkstalkers was featured in the 2009 book, <laughs> 500 Essential Anime Movies by Helen McCarthy. Great. Uh, no relation to Robert McCarthy, I guess. Yeah, or Mary McCarthy, the Broadway legend. <laughs> and it was, it also received a good ranking from Blistered Thumbs, if you guys remembered that one. I think that, that oh, might be dead yeah. at this point, but well, yeah. <laughs> still. We all remember, we were there. So, why this anime... Why not? I love me some fighting game animes, I love me some Darkstalkers, and when I finally got a feel for what this OVA series was, mm. I was like, we got Halloween yeah. coming up. And you've also done, it. interestingly, like, every fighting game yeah. you've brought. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's common through line for Dan. And there might be a few more that I can oh, bring, wonderful. but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but I had to bring Smash it. Smash Bros? I figured, uh, I figured you would love this as well. Yeah, I love uh, Darkstalkers. That's that's no problem. You figured correctly, Dan. A lot of you vibes in this. Yeah, a lot yeah. of mutual vibes for yeah. us in this. Well, the cover is giving me Dracula 2000, so or Dracula, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dracula 2000 was a the one on yeah. in space. Yeah, yeah I, I misspoke. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so. Uh, I should note that at the end of the next episode, mm -hmm. we're going to do a, another famous anime was okay, not a mistake so, so character on, ranking. Morgan on the top. <laughs> yeah. So get to thinking. Oh, I'll be thinking. Record down who you yeah. You, yeah. you rank and where you put them. Yes. And we'll compare those lists at the end of the. Carlo next Gugino goes on the top. <laughs> <laughs> She's immortal, of course. Beautifully immortal. No matter what yeah. realm you're fighting for. No matter how dead she is. She ends up in Beautiful. charge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what are your previewing expectations? I mean, Dan, you've done it again. <laughs> Constantly raising the bar successfully. Thank and you. doing it flawlessly. Thank um, you. I do love a fighting game franchise movie. I haven't had anything bad to say about anything you brought. Mm -hmm. About a fighting game adaptation to anime or live action. Mm -hmm. On this podcast, I do love Darkstalkers. Like I said, I haven't played this nearly as much as I should have. I was very tempted by the collection, but so many video games, Dan. Mm -hmm. um, I do love the designs of the characters. I love the horror motif. I wish that it was more in the public zeitgeist, which I thought it was, but according to your notes, people don't really cherish this as much as other fighting games. Well, yeah. it, again, it's a cult classic. It seems to be discussed a lot, mm. but it, I don't know if it has the same, like, widespread popularity that like street fighter does or, yeah. or something like that it, I, well, it's, it's I, I mean, again in, in retrospect i don't think it would i think but... people when you show them a dark stalkers character they recognize who it is and they know what it's from but it's probably like they, they haven't had a new game in a while there's yeah. no there's yeah. no marketing cycle yeah. that they can kind of and i don't think this millennials with. would know any of these people <laughs> <laughs> but that's a story for a different day <laughs> So, uh, we're going to be doing the first two episodes of the OVA series uh, in this episode. So, one is Return of the Darkstalkers, and mm -hmm. episode two is Blood of the Darkstalkers, Power, Power of, of the, the Darkstalkers. Darkstalkers. Um, so, uh, without further ado, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's not just Daylight Savings Time. 
things seem to have gotten a lot darker here in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. The, the clouds are overhead. Yeah. You know, there's lots of bats flying around. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and there seems to be a big castle up there. Oh. Or was that always there? I can never tell. I don't know. I've got a Tommy gun in my basket. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'll say. We'll be right back. back uh, having just watched the first two Darkstalkers OVAs and then done some uh, H2O, H2O just add water improv before the mics oh, went no! on so... <laughs> clear future watch uh, but any initial thoughts on easy, these easy breezy beautiful cover girl for these two episodes I'm is glad. this what anime used to feel like <laughs> yeah um, but just watching this I love it. Yeah. Like there is, there yeah. is just like a, a charm to this. These fighting game animes, they really do hit one they, after another. They do. Like they, you know, they definitely have a a small amount of time mm-hmm. to introduce a lot of characters, but yeah. we're clearly focusing in on a handful. While the others kind of have cameos, but they all get to express their personalities for the most part. Yes. Um, and we all get you know their powers showcased and things like that. So what you would want from a fighting game adaptation, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we start with the first episode, Return of the Darkstalkers. Yep. Um, where a group... is is that is that Dracula, Dan? <laughs> it is a type of Dracula. Oh. Um, but a group of humans. Uh, you know, we find out that they're storming Dimitri's castle <laughs> over L.A. Over L.A. or wherever it may be. Well, or maybe it's at like one in the point, dark universe or whatever. I don't know. I this also could have been at one point in history before you know Dimitri set up shop above L.A. Mm. Um, but they attempt to stab his coffin with with some stakes to try to destroy him preemptively. But Dimitri simply drains their life force and awakens with his signature uh, <laughs> glamorous spin move that he does. Mm. Um, and Dimitri kind of, uh, you know, in in one of his many monologues, issues a challenge to the other creatures of the night who have kind of come forth uh, since he started, you know, he is responsible for submerging the world into darkness, uh, but this, of course, has had the unintended effect of bringing other Darkstalkers down to the mortal world. Yeah. Are you uh, allowed to say that word, Dan? It's the politically correct term, mm. as we find out. Um... But, you know, the world has now steadily become infested with these demons. Uh, but as we, you know, we'll meet a few characters, they range from genuinely evil to kind of schmucks to actually very nice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it kind of varies who you encounter. Um, 
so the greatest happiness is servitude to me. Yeah, Dimitri is like, why don't these humans want to serve me? I'm beautiful. I'm fair. I'm just. Uh, it is the best they can do with their lives is to give them up to me. Yeah, he's got that one butler dude who turns bats into paper. Yeah, he's got he's got his one baddie butler yeah. who is uh, you know receiving reports about the other Darkstalkers who are appearing, and this is when Dimitri is like, fine, if you want to challenge. You know, you can challenge me, but let it be known that I'm above all of you now, and you will lose. I'll give him something to stalk the dark about. And this is kind of a general call, not only to the other dark stalkers, but to any humans who would be foolish enough to kind of stand against him. Yeah. Um, so... And then Dimitri kills his followers. <laughs> well, he... A group of humans have arrived at his floating castle in the sky to kind of offer him tribute of, like you know, feasting food and vegetables and fruit and mm -hmm. stuff like that and wine, but Dimitri doesn't want any of that. Instead, no. he just drains their, their <laughs> just life destroys essence. them. <laughs> um, and he kind of points out that, again, the situation that has been created here, the humans hate the darkness that he has created, and the Darkstalkers hate him for coming down and declaring himself ruler when yes. they would... Some of them would like to be rulers themselves. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of in this, you know... Uh, both sides really dislike him at this point. Mm. Uh, his previous de defeat a hundred years ago was a minor setback, um, and the many decades spent draining the life essence of humans has restored his strength and seemingly multiplied it. So he is much stronger than he used to be back in the old days. Yes. Um, but he, I have written down here, again, he, he gives many fanciful, like, oh, the sounds of suffering are what mm -hmm. feeds me. <laughs> It's like, I'll I listen mean, I'm so gladly. used to the Dracula stereotype. It's just like Dracula is yeah. here again. Yeah. He's, he's, he's classic Dracula. Uh, but then we cut to a mad monster, monster party. party. Uh, we're in the demon world. There is some kind of aristocratic ball <laughs> going on. Of course. Uh, where four old demon bureaucrats. Yeah, me, you, Grant, Grant and Gabe. Grant and Gabe, yeah. Are, you know, discussing the situation with Dimitri causing trouble. And they're wondering where Lady Morgan has run off <laughs> where to. Where has she gone? Uh, she was seemingly bored in the castle and has gone off somewhere into the city uh, to do something. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen soon see that uh, Dimitri's goons, a few, you know, winged demons, have stolen a key that can open one portal to the demon world. Mm. Dimitri eventually gets his hands on one anyway, um, but presumably these keys are major magical artifacts, uh, but Morgan arrives and makes short work of the two yes. uh, thieves. As an icon. And she even kind of points out, like, why are you... You know, there's no reason that you have to declare servitude to him. Yeah. If anything, you should want to surpass him. But they, you know, again, they're quickly defeated. Uh, so she does retrieve the key and returns to the party. But seemingly Dimitri's plan can still keep moving forward. So back down in this main vaguely European city that this first episode is set in. Uh, Felicia, the cat woman. Yeah. She wants to be the next musical star! She wants to be a performer. Yeah. Uh, in the lore of the series, Felicia... Just like me. That's how I look, Dan. Yeah, no. <laughs> Record the podcast. But Felicia likes humans, and she is of the mindset that humans and Darkstalkers can get along and kind of live together peacefully. Um, and she is going to do this with her traveling stage show. Uh, she apparently already got the permits from the <laughs> demons, and she just needs to find City Hall so that she can put on a show and get permits to do that. So mm -hmm. she is very, uh, you know, 
She's following the rules, and she asks a few cats nearby if they know where City Hall is. Um, at said City Hall, uh, a group of humans have shielded themselves by using a giant spirit ward <laughs> force field. We won't let any of those dark stalkers in here, actually. Yeah. Or, or night, what do they call them, like night They're, terrorists? Well, no, they, like, well, actually. They keep calling them dark ones, yeah. is, is the shorthand yeah. for it. That's not the PC term. But they're they're kind of going over their grievances. No sun equals no crops. Yeah, no, so my vegetables, they've gotten dry, Dad. Yeah, they're all desiccated. Everything's, everything's very dry, like Celebi. Um, but they kind of decide that they have to stand against Dimitri because if they don't die now in the process of fighting, they'll die eventually when the food runs out. They mm. need to get the sun back somehow. Uh, so they do start to plan an attack on Dimitri's castle. Uh, Felicia is wandering around the city streets, but she's thrown off <laughs> by the fact that the town smells all wrong. There mm -hmm. is something... She could be sensing the bad vibes that are going on, or just the simple fact that multiple Darkstalkers have set up shop here. Um, she tumbles down uh, yeah, kind somehow. of an air vent, yeah. and she meets Lord Raptor, yeah. a, uh, Preparing for a, role. a bad boy Australian rock star who's actually a zombie. Yeah. Um, and uh, they have a brief conversation where Felicia's like, oh, are you one of the you know evildoers that have come here? And, and Lord Raptor's like, eh... I I play them some blimey music and I I can't do an Australian voice as as much H two O. No, so, I play them some blimey music. So Lord Raptor's like, oh, like these humans are idiots. I play some music for, oh, for them. The colonies. And similar to Ember from Danny Phantom, them being enraptured by the music yeah. hands over some of their soul energy. So mm -hmm. he is he is just kind of a schmuck. Darkstalker, he just likes performing these rock shows, mm -hmm. getting some soul energy, and he seems to enjoy the celebrity lifestyle that that affords him. Yes. But he does, when we first meet him, he still has himself disguised as a just creepy looking, you know, Marilyn Manson human. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but Felicia is kind of hanging around because she's suspicious of him, and uh, she keeps an eye on the show. Uh, to Lord Raptor's dismay, who, I just wanted to note, I, I need to go back and check the order of things, but this is one of those things, again, where it feels like other video game series could have, like, drawn some inspiration for this, mm. because Lord Raptor reminds me a lot of Boltmon from Digimon, the the the, okay. the, the tall, like, Frankenstein-esque rock yeah, guy with, sure. the, with the hair. So, th there's other things that come up within Darkstalkers that I think influenced other designs, or they're just shared designs across, you know, multiple forms of media. Mm. But there's a lot of stuff in common between, especially Digimon for <laughs> some reason. Um, but Lord Raptor's kind of dismayed to see that a bunch of uh, monks are the only ones attending his show. A lot of Catholics show. at this show. Uh, they are all armed with uh, crosses and garlic and As silver we all bullets. Are. Always. But, uh, you know, Lord Raptor does note that none of those things in particular have any yeah. effect on but him. But he's like, oh, flamethrowers there. Flamethrowers yeah. do, because he is a zombie. Um, but Felicia arrives to kind of help him out. <laughs> Save the day. So it's it's Lord Raptor and Felicia versus what they refer to as the Holy Rollers. <laughs> Catholics. And uh, despite the, the monks making some progress with their flamethrowers... 
Uh, it actually ends up being that Felicia gets hurt, kind of, by one of them, mm-hmm. and Lord Raptor, who who respects women, uh, you know, mm-hmm. despite being living the rock lifestyle, mm-hmm. uh, gets angry enough to unleash his attack and steal all of their souls. And he offers Felicia some of their souls, but she's like, mm, I'm not into organized religion. Mm-hmm. And Lord Raptor is like, I'm not very, uh, I'm kind of non-denominational myself. <laughs> and then he just wipes them all yes. <laughs> Um... So, Dimitri's castle opens fire uh, up into the sky, which combined with another key that he had acquired opens a a small portal to the demon world, where Morrigan's castle becomes visible. Uh, Dimitri, even though he can fly, takes a small dirigible up into Mm -hmm. the air, because he, he, you know, he has the money to do it, why not? Um... But uh, Morgan arrives to greet him briefly in a human form, but soon assuming her regular succubus form. Yeah. And the two have a fight atop Dimitri's blimp. Yeah, with Chikakumons. Well, not yet. Oh, not yet. Uh, the fight between these two is somewhat evenly matched. Morgan is impressed that Dimitri is able to offer this much of a challenge because she hasn't had a challenge in a long time. Uh, and Dimitri is confident that all of the power he has stored up over the years has now made him superior to any dark stalker who could challenge him. Then Shikakuman shows Shikakuman. Um, basically, uh, these are called Huitzels. Um, they were also called... Huitzels Pretzels? Huitzels Pretzels, yes. I see. Uh, but they were also called Phobo, Phobos in the, uh, in the original Japanese version. Mm. So, depends on what name you think sounds cooler. Uh, but they are They'll these... always be Shikakuman to me. They will always be Shikakuman. Yeah. Uh, they emerge from the sea and start uh, laying siege to Dimitri's, you know, Dimitri and Morgan. Um, these guys are a pain in the ass in the game themselves. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, direct servants of of Pyron, of course. Um, but you know, they they provide somewhat of a challenge for the two Darkstalkers, but they do eventually manage to defeat them. Do they summon like dragons at this point? No, oh, Morgan's okay. uh, beleaguered attendants show up uh, riding dragons, uh, and that's when one of them goes, "Beelzebub's bullocks, yeah. what is going on down here?" Hell's <laughs> bells, Dan. Um, and you know, Morgan begrudgingly decides to go back to the castle just to to, to shut them up. Um, but Dimitri uh, continues fighting the rest of the Huitzels down in the city, and you know he says like, "Who would have the gall to send robots against <laughs> me?" Um, but one of the Shikakumans is gathering data and says, "Okay, these these entities are stronger than we thought. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to recalculate and come up with a different strategy." Very Okami at the end. Um, so then we cut to Donovan Bain. Yeah, Donovan Bain, a a a monk. Like man who was wandering, wandering the wasteland, uh, and he's he's making many monologues about how wherever he goes, he sees evil, and he must do his best to resist the darkness. Uh, he sees numerous human bodies cast on the ground, mm. and closer to a nearby village, some of those people are being buried. Yeah. Uh, we learn through the dialogue that all of these men had fallen in the process of defending their village from darkstalkers. Um, but the townspeople have basically given up hope. Mm. Uh, the priest is, is kind of reading the last rites to these bodies and says that, you know, you gave up your lives in a hopeless battle, uh, and we will soon join you at God's side because we're all going to meet this fate. Yes. And the villagers are kind of perturbed, like, are you saying that the fight is literally hopeless? What do we do? Do we <laughs> leave the village? Do we, do we attempt to keep fighting? 
what are our options? And the priest is, is very direct. It's like, there aren't any options. We pr pretty much have to wait until, you know, we meet this fate as well. Uh, so, eventually, um, a troop of traveling performers arrive to yeah. take shelter at this village because their own, you know, everywhere that they had been visiting had been wiped out previously. Uh, but notable among them is the girl, Anita. Who, a small girl. Small who girl. discovered in this village, but the actors took pity on her. Yeah. Uh, she has very strange eyes. <laughs> Carrying a doll. As far as the, the troop of performers can tell... Uh, the Darkstalkers have been pursuing their group because Anita is with them. Mm -hmm. She has some kind of power that, uh, you know, that the Darkstalkers crave or want to exterminate, so they've basically been bad luck magnets uh, yeah. while traveling around. And probably to assuage some of the guilt that they feel, they bring Anita to this to the priest who runs this town, and they're like, just tell us what is morally right to do here. Mm -hmm. Just, we, we, we kind of want to wash our hands of this. What do we do with her? Like, mm -hmm. what would God, you know, want us to do in Leave this situation? Leave it to the actors to make the right decision. Um, while this is going on, a few of the altar boys... Uh, yeah, are snooping. Are snooping. Yeah. And they steal a, you know, a flintlock gun from <laughs> one of the carriages... Yeah. Which Anita sees them doing. Mm -hmm. uh, even though Anita has no reaction to this... The boys are like, oh, she's going to squeal. Yeah. Let's go Shoot scare her. her. So uh, one of the boys takes Anita's dolly and is about to shoot it just to, you know, teach her a lesson. But Anita activates her psychic powers. Mm -hmm. Her violet from the incredible powers. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Uh, her Mewtwo powers, if you mm -hmm. will. And uh, she actually manages to deflect and disintegrate the bullet that was fired. Yeah, and all so the kids she... are going like, we got to get out of here. So she has, like, immense powers, and they're like, the the boys go back to the other villagers, and he's like, she's using dark magics. This shall not suffer a witch to live, Dan. So, you know, the, the town resolves to go to the church and kill her, kill anyone who stands in their way. The dark magics. Because it's kill or be killed at this point. Um, so, just design-wise... Because in the games, Donovan and Anita are paired together, like they're mm -hmm. they're like a one Victor like a combo Maria, fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they actually do have the same bangs, hmm. if you'll notice. Like Anita has the swirly bang that goes one way, and Donovan has the same bang going the other direction. So hmm. it's like a little you know mirror thing between the two of them. Hmm. Um, so uh, they set fire to the church. Uh, and they seem poised to kill Anita, but she has a carry moment and unleashes the fire back at them with yeah. her with her telepathy or telekinesis. That this is when Donovan Bane arrives. Uh, he, to be to clarify, is a Dampier vampire hunter, uh -huh. just like Vampire Hunter D. Another classic series, yes. Um, yes. and he is disgusted by the situation because once again, man has given into <laughs> baser instincts. And is attempting to kill what they don't understand yeah. without thinking. Um, so but then he lashes out at Anita. Well, yeah. first the priest is like, oh, yeah. "I'm going to, to slash her. I can't. It's an innocent who doesn't know what she does." Yeah, because he <laughs> he he you know he's about to kill her. Yeah, but he thinks like, "Okay, this girl doesn't even understand what's going on mm -hmm. because her eyes aren't giving out any emotion. <laughs> she shows no emotion." Um, so the priest doesn't kill her, but he does kind of ask Donovan Bane, like, what <laughs> could you should you? do? <laughs> could you do it instead? Um, you know, and Donovan 
you know, takes a moment, he uses his, uh, his sword, which is called the Daimar, I believe, yeah. and beheads Anita's dolly. Mm-hmm. And there is a flash of anger in Anita's eyes at that moment, and Donovan and the priest kind of agree, okay, she's not emotionless. She could feel things. She has built up, like, an emotional wall mm-hmm. so that she can't feel the horrors that are going on around her, yeah. which is understandable yeah. for what she's had to, to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, a good parallel to carry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Donovan himself, as Anita notes, has dark power within him within himself, um, but he seems to be doing his best to either repress it or control it, uh, and strives to defeat the darkness mm-hmm. across the world. Anita kind of brings up the folly of this. How can you claim to do that which cannot be done? She briefly uses her telepathy to throw his buster sword back at mm-hmm. him, but Donovan's like... Steps Neh. aside and catches it, yeah. And he's like, you can keep telling me it's it's foolish, but I will end the world of the dark no matter mm-hmm. what. Um, and, uh, you know, a few humans who are fleeing the village after this point, uh, they flee into the woods where uh, Huitzels then attack them. Yeah. Uh, one of them, like, he just fucking stomps him. Like, yeah. he uses, like, hydraulic pistons to just crush the guy into well, the like, ground. like, we gotta hide, and then they don't run anywhere, and they're immediately killed. But the Huitzels then, uh, with their scanners, look over the wasteland and see that Donovan and Anita are now traveling together. I need to, I need to look up this artwork, because it's an artwork in Animal Crossing. I should know what it is. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's like based. It's what Shakakuman is based off of. Oh yeah. yeah, it's based on like a like a like a famous type of sculpture, yeah. I think. Um, but that is where the first episode ends, and we get our first rendition of uh, Trouble Man. Oh, Trouble Man! <laughs> in which the end credits go over this guitar that is Call decorated. Me the trouble Man. <laughs> we'll be singing it for a week. <laughs> sure. Where uh, you know all the characters are printed onto this electric guitar. Mm. Um, so then that brings us to episode two, yeah. Blood of the Darkstalkers, Power of the Darkstalkers. Um, alternatively, when it came up on the episode title card, it was pa- like Blood of the Darkness, Power of the Darkness, so mm. that might have been the intention. Uh, so we cut to some very cool looking spider <laughs> the spider demons. things, yeah. They are attacking a sailor and a priest who have seemingly sailed into their yeah. webbing. Uh, and I knew from the outfits something was going to happen. Yeah, they're yeah. they're you know the, they're dressed in uh, traditional Chinese spirit wear. These you know the spiders are are killing these humans off. When on the scene in a small boat arrives Mei Ling, uh, you know she basically tells the demons to cut the shit yeah, and stop bring that. bring like her to to uh, you know their master. Mm-hmm. Uh, they obviously do not relent, and that is when Mei Ling unveils that her sister is with her there. Shen Ko. Shen Ko. So, to be clear, uh, just to clarify, when the two of them enter battle, Mei Ling transforms into a sheet of, like, a tag of warding paper, Mm -hmm. uh, who then attaches to the front of Shen Ko's head uh, to help her, you know, control her powers, with Shenko herself being a Chinese hopping zombie. She goes, I'm a Chinese hopping zombie. You know, uh, which very frequent trope that we've seen in anime. I think we were close to once getting a Pokemon based on that, but mm-hmm. they, they cut it out because it had oh, like... there's a Yu-Gi-Oh card based on this. Yeah, it, it shows up a lot. Um, so they're very strong and, and you know, Shenko with obviously Enmei Ling as a team... 
uh, fighting as one, make short work of these demons. Mm. Um, they then keep traveling around in their little uh, Ghostbusters mobile, mm-hmm. uh, where Shenko is contained inside a coffin, probably to protect her from the daylight. Um, and they see that the demons that are plaguing this region have already been defeated. They're, you know, massive skeletal bodies have been left all over the place, and a nearby village is celebrating the fact that they are now free from mm-hmm. the Dark Stalkers. Um, the, uh, you know, the the sisters inquire in town what happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, but all the dudes are drunk, and they're like, oh, it was a, it was a weirdo with prayer beads around mm-hmm. his chest yeah. uh, who came in. He didn't accept any payment, and he just, you know, kept going on his way. But you two being ladies, or you being a lady. Yeah, they, mm. the, the, the drunkards start flirting, or, or hitting on, uh, you know, uh, Mei Ling, and when she refuses, they get aggressive and surround her car, but Mei Ling herself is in no danger because Shen Ko then emerges and beats them all, beats the shit out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Not killing. Don't kill them. Don't yeah. killing, but uh, does, you know, beat them up. So, uh, back in a, a or, or elsewhere in a much larger city in this uh, Chinese-inspired region, uh, there is a man who has gathered a multitude of suits of armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but despite his vast collection... He is still looking for one particular suit of armor that he has not found yet that is said to drink the blood of the people who are slain with it. It's like the old... It's like a blend of Chinese rumor and then there's an Irish, like, Callahan rumor, I think, with, like, the haunted armor. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, So, uh, eventually he gets word that Donovan, Donovan, the man that he (laughs) sent for, has arrived... And he dispatches some guards to accost Donovan. Uh, but Donovan easily makes short work of them. Yes. He uses his buster sword to quite literally slice uh, one of their guard towers down. Uh, and this is the first time where I believe the sword Daimar is named. Because it has a little... Daimar, no! Yeah, it, it has a, a little grin carved into yeah. it. And it seems to be somewhat sentient. Oh, this ties into, you know, a pizza pick of mine. Very good. Yeah, the last remaining one. <laughs> How's your pizza picks going, Dan? Uh, mm. yeah. well, I get distracted. Yeah, I, got a lot of I, I see something stuff. shiny, yeah, and I must yeah, have it, and then I, I, yeah. I, I venture off course. Yeah, I've been a good boy and finished nearly all. You've my been a pizza. very good boy. Nearly all I, my pizzas. What, you gone, want? But... You want your cookies and cupcakes? <laughs> I, it's so <laughs> good. Um, I'll be eating them without Dan. But. <laughs> Uh, but he wanted to watch Dirk Stuckers. <laughs> I did want to watch Dirk Stuckers, uh, but Donovan is brought before the collector, who conjures up this story. Uh, apparently, on the outskirts of town in the mountains, uh, there is a a ghostly warrior, a dog stalker, presumably, who has been slaying anyone who crosses his path. Mm. And you know, Donovan has been summoned here. His services have been enlisted because Donovan is to go and finally defeat this warrior. Yes. Obviously, with the ulterior motive that, you know, this this demon up there is in fact the suit of armor that the collector has been looking for. Mm-hmm. Um we cut to a group of uh, rich folks who are traveling in a carriage <laughs> oh that, that is driven by the three musketeers. And that's that's what I have to call them because they seem to be pastiches of the yeah. of the three musketeers. Yeah. They're just random Frenchmen mm-hmm. with mustaches and And they want to use them to attract dark stalkers. Yeah. yeah. Well, they they come to the Rashomon gate. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they they 
they pause there. It's like, okay, apparently this demon responds to, you know, blood. So they intend to stab the rich men, like gut them inside the carriage to attract them or the demon. Uh, Without any of the rich men actually dying, the demon does arrive, uh, revealing it like itself to be uh, Bishaman. I'm I'm going to keep mis. Bishamon. I, I think that's how, Bishamon. Yeah, yeah. Bishamon, uh, who is in fact the haunted suit of samurai armor mm-hmm. that the collector has been looking for, uh, and I love him. Yeah, no, it's a like I said, it's a cool myth. It's supposed to be like the Chinese and the Irish myth combined. I think. Uh, yeah, because yeah, originally that's how they wanted the Michael Myers myth to play out. Was Ooh. that the mask was... Yeah, I know, a little uh, a little horror movie, movie trivia for you. No, by all like, means. Initially, that was going to be the thing. Like, the mask was haunted by a demon, and that was going to be, like, the thing that possessed this child and okay. goes on genre-genre based on the Irish Callahan myth or whatever. Well, that would make sense with or Halloween Scottish. 3. I know. Yeah. Season of the Witch, yeah. Why couldn't we have gotten that? <laughs> you know, I wasn't in charge at the time, Dad. You weren't I'm just, yeah, I'm I just the lore keeper. I, what am I supposed to Lore keeper. <laughs> but a babe. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, we should also note that the way uh, Bishamon's voice is rendered, it's like this... this uh, <laughs> It's the the, I, the it's Adam from Metroid Dread. It's I was like, gonna say I the, am here the to Cave the, of Wonders for Aladdin from Aladdin. Yes, <laughs> it's got like this this metallic mm-hmm. echo effect over it that just sounds delightful. Like I could listen to this suit of armor monologue about mm-hmm. shit forever yeah. because yeah. I just love how it is rendered like mm-hmm. that. Um, but, uh, you know, Bishamon just starts slaying the musketeers, and then he then turns to start killing the rich folks. Bishamon, why? <laughs> um, Donovan arrives on the scene just in time, uh, and, you know, seemingly evenly fights Bishamon, mm-hmm. but uh, he is then distracted when Bishamon slices the cliff face off and yeah. almost sends the rich men falling to their deaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donovan uses his sword to hook the piece of the cliff back into place, but obviously he has to stand there and pull them back up uh, in order to get them to safety. Uh, while he is doing this, Bishamon keeps like telepathically throwing his sword, uh, you know, and impaling Donovan multiple mm. times. But Donovan does not relent or let go of the the people he's trying to yeah. save. Bishamon is quite literally, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, confused out of his mind by this, like, why is this warrior saving humans? Mm-hmm. He clearly has dark power in him, why would he give a shit about these mortals over here? Uh, and it builds to such a point that the suit of armor crumbles, and Bishamon's true righteous soul emerges from the suit of armor. Yes. Uh, it had previously been established that the him and the suit of armor had apparently... Well, from the suit of armor's point of view... They had worked in tandem because they were both such skilled warriors that they had just gone on slaying enemies. But we see that Bishamon's actual soul is a rather honorable and compassionate warrior Mm -hmm. who admires what Donovan has done. He sees, like, okay, Donovan, you are clearly struggling with the darkness in yourself, but you are an example for the rest of us to follow. If you can resist that darkness and keep walking that path in whatever form it takes, that gives the rest of us hope that maybe we could do the same. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to give in to evil. Uh, and he's kind of directing this also at Anita, yeah. who is, is there listening <laughs> Who's there glazed look in her eyes, just watching. Um, so, uh, 
they they kind of have more you know conversations um the collector shows up and he instantly tries to to claim the armor for himself and put it on but it kills him and reduces him to a skeleton within a matter of seconds mm. um at this point um Bishamon is kind of like mm, the armor still needs a master it's not going to rest until it has a master so i will merge with it again and wear it but i will battle its evil side from within mm -hmm. and hopefully you know maybe someday i could purify it and you know accomplish the same feat that that your friend donovan uh, has because donovan's unconscious at this point yeah um, and then he, he says to Anita that one's companion may well be the saving grace of their soul. And Anita repeats this back. Uh, back from behind the moon, <laughs> Pyron emerges. Pyron. As a... Yeah. Well, it's it's Pyron. It's it's even in... Uh, it was dubbed differently, but oh, even... Oh, I played Kid Icarus Uprising. I know it's Pyron, but we call it Pylon. <laughs> uh, but he, he emerges and... Like the beam. <laughs> And kind of like a solar flare from behind the moon. Love how he's rendered here. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a little cameo of him in the art for this saga oh, on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice. But um, <laughs> he kind of uh, decries how the Darkstalkers have plunged the Earth into darkness. The Earth is a beautiful jewel. Mm -hmm. And he wants to, to make it beautiful again while the Darkstalkers have been squandering it and covering it in shadows and ruining it. He wants to set the world free, but obviously turn it into his own, you know, godly domain. Yeah. So the humans are not going to be any better off with him there, but that's what Pyron thinks is going to happen. So he uh, descends to Earth, and he takes up a residence inside an old uh, Mesoamerican sun temple, mm. uh, where his uh, Huitzel robots have already been. They have been analyzing Alamutu, um, all of the different Darkstalkers that are out there, cataloging them by species and mm -hmm. threat level, uh, and it, it becomes clear that Pyron is going to have to deal with these creatures if he ever hopes to, to rule the planet yes. as he wants. Yes. Um, so Donovan has, back in the wasteland, he has collapsed and fallen off uh, their horse. Uh, Anita goes to bring him some water, seemingly, mm -hmm. uh, but doesn't quite give it to him. Mei Ling and Shen Ko arrive on the scene. Shen Ko is much like, more what direct. what are you gonna do? Are you gonna give that man some water? What the fuck is wrong with you, you fucking <laughs> brat? Kid. Um, but Anita lets the water fall to the ground because she, I would assume, doesn't want to admit to caring about anyone yet. She, yeah. she, she's, she's too cool to care. She's got the wall up. She doesn't want to get attached to anyone. Mm -hmm. um, if he loved me. And, and he... <laughs> He ins she insists that Donovan is not her friend, but at Mei Ling's urging, she does eventually go get water for uh, mm -hmm. Donovan, because Mei Ling points out, okay, maybe even if you don't completely care about him, this man here probably has things that he wants to achieve and things that he is striving for. Just don't deprive him of yeah. that, like, from a pragmatic sense. Mm -hmm. So Anita does go and do it. Um, but even then, the sisters are kind of like... Yeah, based on her eyes, she has seen some fucked up stuff, and this is just how she copes with it. Uh, so Donovan awakens uh, with the two sisters and Anita back in the sisters' castle. Uh, they, uh, Shenko reveals that she used Darkstalker medicine uh, mm -hmm. to heal Donovan, because nothing else would have saved him. The good shit, yes. 
the before they have time to kind of discuss things further, an army of Huitzels arrive to destroy, and they do succeed in blowing up the castle with a barrage of lasers. Uh, Donovan steps forward. He seems to be, you know, reckoning with the fact that more dark magic just saved his life, even though he's been walking in resistance to it. And it does reaffirm his belief that he can use this power to restore the light and defeat the darkness. So he summons a, uh, like a, like a totem spirit that he has access to, unleashes his own barrage of, uh, of lightning, and wipes out the, the Huitzel, uh, invaders. Uh... Pyron, back at his base, is pretty pissed about this, and he sends out multiple sun idols. Very creepy. Yeah. I like this imagery. Super Mario suns. Yeah. Yeah, like very, very creepy sun idols to cities across the world to start laying waste to them. Uh, He restores the sunlight finally to the globe, but obviously he replaces the the dark clouds with fireballs that are blowing up cities. Mm. So the humans are still in danger. Uh, but he hopes that these, you know, idols and his presence will lure the Darkstalkers out of hiding so that he can challenge them one by one and wipe them out. Because I think that the Huitzels run an analysis and they're like, you know, maybe with their combined strength they could be enough to defeat you. Mm. So for your master plan to work out, you're going to have to take them all out. Yes. Um, and Dimitri, back in his lavish estate, uh, goes to the curtains uh, he's very, very pissed about the sunlight <laughs> being back, and we end on a shot of him grimacing and yeah. snarling. The, at the Paper sun. Mario uh, Tumble Blubba Scowl. Yeah. <laughs> with the teeth. And that is where we will end for now, but we will continue uh, yes. in a week's time yeah. with the next episode. Yes, yes. Very interesting. I loved it. Like, these fighting game animes surprising me, as always. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good adaptations of the source material. They make me interested. They don't linger too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of action. There's unique characters here. They're dynamic. There's things that are changing and growing and flourishing. I, I mean, I just love them all. I don't have a bad thing to say about them so far. Oh, but I, I'm still dark, Jonathan. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, I, still, this, I'm still mad. <laughs> this fits with that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I completely agree. Um, I do recommend to our listeners that for as long as these are still up for free on YouTube, go and watch them. Yeah. Um, because they are just some great 90s anime, uh, you know, action. Beautifully animated, as we have said. And the snippets that they provide into the characters... You know, you get to see the characters flex. Obviously, not all of them get the spotlight, but they all get showcased. Mm -hmm. Um, At least up until, like, the events of the second game. Um, There were more introduced in the third game, but we don't have an OVA for that yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But do check them out. Just just can't recommend it enough. Uh, Even if the spooky season has passed, we are keeping it undead here for now. Yes. Uh, so before we give a preview for next week, is there anywhere that the audience can reach us? Uh, you can find me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram and TikTok. TikTok, yes. TikTok. You can find me at Drink and Read JK on X and on most podcasting platforms as well. Mm-hmm. I've got two podcasts, including uh, Drink and Read and Nightcaps at the Theater that mm-hmm. you all should check out. And you, Dan? 
Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at King underscore Dennis, where I have some artwork coming up, as well as X and Threads under the same name. Yeah. Now, Jonathan, your mm. your dark Jonathan arc is oh, continuing. I've and been waiting. How is it continuing? How is it continuing, Dan? Well, you know, my life has been an awful lot like a, a disparaging deep pit. Ooh. Why don't we all jump in together and see where it takes us? What happens if we go down too fast, though? You turn into goo, Dan. Oh, no. You turn into goo. (laughs) I'll see you next time, and that's all I'll say. I hope nothing happens to those kids. Oh, we're only just beginning, Dan. Here at Anime Was Not a Mistake, we have one mission. Whether you be a magical girl, a giant fighting robot, a raccoon, or just a fan of podcast in general, we hope to one day arrive at a definitive answer to the following question. Is anime a mistake? While we obviously don't think so, there's no harm in expanding our weeb horizons now, is there? As of late, our humble little show is devoted to the analysis and discussion of movies, series, and episodes that show off that powerful art that is animation. However, none of this would be possible without listeners like you. If you like what you hear on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more, then why not support us on Instagram at Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast, or on Facebook at Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod. We promise to go happies on the sake with you. Join us, won't you? This time and the next. And with that, Dan and I leave you with a to be continued as the chill anime beats play. Sayonara. <laughs>